0: everybody, welcome back to The Mo'o Show. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. If you're watching live right now, we really appreciate you tuning in. Really good show uh, planned for today. We're going to talk about pitfalls of technology adoption. Certainly we will do our best to bring that back around to Microsoft 365 as we always do. Uh, I want to share some tips around moving SharePoint lists. I found a way to do it. Uh, Alex is also going to share some tips around how he gets organized in Outlook as well and as always feature versus feature is back we'll take a look at the results from last week's voting and put two more microsoft 365 features against each other like sand through the hourglass folks it's time for the mobo show well hey hey hey! how are you alex henry how are
1: you doing i'm doing quite fabulous thank you for joining us everyone this morning on another episode of the mobo show all right i haven't seen you all week how have you been
0: what what have you, what have you been up to
1: i'm around can you tell my voice is a
0: little bit a little bit dry yeah i've got some uh, ear coughs uh <laughs> to say otherwise i've been talking non-stop it feels like this week and it's only wednesday um but i've been talking to lots lots of clients are interested in microsoft team's phone uh so just every once in a while it, it rears its head and I get to talk to uh, clients and show it off. So that's what I've been doing for the bulk of this week. Really exciting.
1: Oh, nice. Um, do you get to do, are you, do you get to do like phone demos or is it all just like, I guess it's all digital right now, I guess, eh? No tech, no hardware in that mix? Correct. With the
0: exception of my very lo-fi way of demoing um, auto attendance and showing off the IVR, I, I get real fancy with with folks and I hold my phone up to my microphone and put things on speaker phones. So it's a fun hour, uh, but it's a lot of audio, uh, jumping through hoops to, to make it happen.
1: No fair enough. Trying to demo a phone on an audio call or a video call seems like yeah. it's a challenge I never thought we'd ever have to do, but Hey, but
0: it's, you know, it teams phone demos really, really well. Um, we have a, a demo environment set up that I use, uh, even leveraging VMs in Azure. Uh, So for those that don't know, you can move your phone system to Microsoft Teams and have your dialer right inside of Teams, have your voicemail right inside of the Teams app. What I wanted to share though, Alex, is something we don't find happening often. Uh, I've been lately incorporating into my Teams phone demo differences between Teams on the web, in the browser, and desktop Teams. No. And there's some Here we go. there's some subtle di- no 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 there's some subtle differences even with Teams phone and calling taking and making calls it's a little bit different on the desktop app and it's a little bit different on the web app and again contrary to what we kind of normally see the desktop experience is actually has more features than the web app
1: oh that's normal for Teams not other apps Teams always, uh, Teams desktop always has the majority of the features yeah um, especially when it comes to meetings and calls, uh, which I guess makes sense. It's got more tech behind it. Um, but it's, yeah, hopefully, and that usually means like the the Teams web app, I find is usually like several months behind what the desktop gets, if not mm-hmm. even close to a year in some cases, depending on what the feature is.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a bit jarring because I was used to like the rest of, Office on the web apps always have new stuff first, or always mm. have different stuff first. So yeah, usually Outlook
1: gets them first, and yeah. uh, some of the web apps for the Office documents get new things first. But Teams, it's all desktop first, and then even some cases mobile gets things ahead of like the web and desktop. Um, don't ask me who, how that why? logic works, <laughs> but <laughs> never ask me why. Yeah, is my general. Well, um, I should get. Can we get shirts? Let's say that. Never ask me. At, why. Never ask me why.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how? Time,
1: why? How?
0: How, but, how have you been doing this week? What have you been working on this week?
1: Uh, it's been a good week. Um, so, Ryan, as you're aware, that I, I learned a, a valuable lesson while working with Yammer, um, and it's one of those. So, what I've been using it for is um, this idea of having a tool to put out silent updates, something that doesn't exist in Teams, it's something that doesn't go out to email unless you opt in. So I found a way to use Yammer to publish, to use those communities, to publish content, to publish updates for our volunteer community, for our staff resources, SharePoint site. So I don't have to email these out or speak at a meeting. I can just post these updates regularly. And the only people that should get notified are the people that join the community that that opt in for those notifications? I recently found out that you, you had told me that um, you know Yammer was sending out emails, anyways. I'm just like, what's going on? That's not how it's supposed to work. So I did some research and I found it that you can actually mute communities. So as an admin, as the group owner, as the Yammer admin, you can actually use you can turn off the notifications so that way it doesn't. Um, notify anyone email anyone once you've muted that uh, community so again it's the idea of that having this opt-in community to advertise to promote things to talk about things put it onto a sharePoint site using topics and it works great it is such a nice it's a really neat tool to just promote things awesome content about this in the future but um just trying to solve that challenge was an interesting one because Yammer doesn't really have a proper admin center. They have some admin tools, but it's completely separate from how the rest of the Office 365 suite. They have so and fully integrated that admin experience into the fold. So the tools are lacking and there's not a lot of things that you can do as an admin to affect Yammer communities in your tenant as a whole. So it was a neat challenge and I'm glad I just I found a solution for that one to make the Yammer stuff opt-in only and it's working wonderfully right now. Um yeah. I I could talk about that for an hour but I'll <laughs> spare you I'll spare you the jargon for another another day. It's it's
0: always an interesting trick when you you bring out you, you have an idea and you bring out a tool a piece of software to do it or a process to do it hey we're going to get rid of email by using this other tool but then ironically that tool generates a bunch of email and it's like
1: ah oh, we're <laughs> right back where it's we like started Stop it. Um, Stop it. Not that it does email really well. I'm sorry, I'm just going to just like give give credit where it's due. It does email really well because it's, it's got those yeah. holy integrations and you can reply to it. it it's nice. Um, but yeah, if you don't want email, you shouldn't be getting them. So yeah. that was a nice challenge. Um, yeah. And then the way I've been using it is to basically embed it onto a SharePoint page mm-hmm. that has just like some key resources, a so picture, like a a page that has links to like staff resources, onboarding documents. And then on the right side of it is a feed from Yammer that uh, that's filtered for specific topics. So I'm using tags or topics in Yammer to just filter out s- certain types of updates and information. So again, I don't have to email people. I don't have to n- notify people in Teams. It's just there on a page. If you want to follow it, you can. But if you don't, you can kind of, it's passive information. You'll see it if you see it. If you don't, you don't. You're not going to miss out on anything. So I yeah. thought that was really neat.
0: Right on. I kind of like how you're using like a change log almost. It's uh, Exactly. It's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. It's got a lot of potential in it. I'm still playing around with it, but overall, um, something I'll be writing up. Uh, I'll be doing some writing on that one in the near future.
0: Right on. Well, let's jump right into our, our sort of key discussion for, for the day. Um, I kind of threw this idea in, in our planning meeting last week, pitfalls, pitfalls of technology adoption. Certainly us and, and our team, we are around this topic. We are around the sort of the, the realm of technology adoption, um, again, around Microsoft 365 and Microsoft Teams. We deal with this, I would say, almost daily, if, if not certainly daily. Um, and, and the thinking here was, let's just get onto the table and let's let's flesh out some of these pitfalls. Uh, If your organization's bringing in technology, new technology, migrating platforms, what kind of things should we be aware of? And and Alex, what sort of things have you and I uh, experienced in the last few years working with clients in this way? Um, So a few of them, again, off the top of my head, expectations, expectations, expectations. (laughs) When, when expectations don't meet reality, when expectations are overlooked or not shared or not dissected, certainly can lead to issues, problems, delays, cost overruns, those types of things. Um, Underestimating or overestimating user abilities and user skills. Again, we deal with five, six generations potentially under the same roof. Um, There's going to be varying degrees of Love, hate, admiration for technology, understanding of technology, and yeah. and change. That's the like,
1: rainbow of emotions when it comes to technology adoption. That's exactly,
0: for sure. exactly. Um, something we've advocated, I know a lot in the past. Um, we've put some programming towards it as well. Is the notion of having champions? And th- there's people that sign the checks. There's people that cut the POs. There's people that have vendor relationships. But we've also advocated the use of internal champions. We'll explore that in just a minute. Um, another big one, semi-related, is is leadership buy-in. Again,
1: Arguably the most important one.
0: If if say a department is is again making a purchase decision or making a change decision, uh, and that is a little bit separated from leadership or ownership. Again, if that disconnect exists, your users might just pick up on that. Um, and and sort of related to that, again, communication. Poor communication can be a pitfall. Mm-hmm. Definitely something that you want to be cognizant of. So.
1: Yeah, a lot. All this kind of falls under consequences of. I, I would call them consequences of a of change management thing mm-hmm. when you're planning for change in your organization. If the if you don't consider a lot of these options, if you don't consider a lot of these discussions, the leadership buy-in, having people internal to support each other, um, understanding what people in your organization are feeling, what they know, what they don't know, what they want, all these little balls need to be in that change management plan, in that project mm-hmm. plan, so you can get ahead of it. So uh, let's start from the top and talk about those expectations. Right. Um, because ultimately, this is kind of the this is kind of tied into communication, right? When you're talking to, let's just say, between the um the vendor and the project team internal, that's actually managing the change for the organization. Mm-hmm. When you want to adopt a new tool, they have to understand exactly what they're buying before they sign the check. They have to understand uh, what the problems they're trying to solve are. Is it, well, we need to get rid of a server? Is it, well, we need to enable our team to work hybrid because we're getting rid of our office or we're downscaling or we just want people to work from home a bit more and give them that flexibility to increase our hiring abilities and kind of give that back to our staff. Whatever the expectations are, you need to spend that time to actually understand how that's going to work in your organization and plan for it accordingly. And there's, you know, understanding between, you know, From a sales rep talking about their product talking about whether it's microsoft or another uh, SaaS tool um, they have a perspective on the product that's going to be inherently different from what your expectations are of this product what it can do in your environment what that's going to look like and Mm -hmm. i've been on both sides of this coin and it's a very big disconnect and ultimately it's up to the project team to ask the right questions about it right and the only only way in my experience to get those questions is to talk to your team, talk to people in your organization. Uh, What kind of questions would you ask? Have you, what are the best questions you've like seen asked? It's kind of what I'm wondering
0: when it comes to expectations. I mean, uh, obviously uh, again, assume, assume the thing is sold or assume the thing is is about to be sold and put into place. And and we're going to do, we're going to do a thing. We're going to bring in this new technology. Uh, one of those important questions to ask, not just a single person or or a single point of focus in your team or in, in, in around your organization, ask everyone, how is this going to change what we do? Or again, what is the expectation for this thing to change what we do? Mm-hmm. And this sort of does tie into to communication again, when it is decided what the expectation of the technology is going to do. It's going to allow us to work from home. It's going to allow us to get rid of some server hardware. It's going to allow us to modernize our applications, for example. Again, you got to take it. It's almost like you got to take it one level further. Because, again, there's a business decision. Uh, What's the human decision? What's the end user decision? It's going to save you this. It's going to help you do that faster. It's going to help us serve our customers better.
1: Mm -hmm. It's going to feed into some other larger organizational goals in that five, 10 year plan, right? Um, We can't move forward on uh, expanding our organization to, you know, multiple Mm -hmm. provinces, multiple territories, states, countries, regions, unless we have this technology that will support it. And we can't do that off of these two servers sitting in the, um, sitting in the uh, CEO's closet right now. We just can't. Um, no amount of planning is going to help with that problem or with that challenge. Got to get into the cloud, got to move forward in order to do that. So it might be a small step in towards a larger, bigger plan, but the team's got to understand that. And the team's got to understand the implications of that and how that's going to support that broader goal right. in the long run.
0: And and something, uh, something uh, again, related, I mentioned to you last week was the word disruption. Mm-hmm. And um, again, we're, we're on the end of, of planning these technology changes. <clears throat> and sometimes we come up with customers that say, well, this is disruptive. We we want the thing. We want the change. We want the tech. But we almost don't want to take the journey to, to get there. We can't disrupt what we're doing to get to that end state. And so, again, that's an expectation to be really, really crisp on is if you want to be disruptive, you're going to have to be disrupted at some point And again, setting those expectations of what that disruption or interruption is going to look like. Again, if you're doing a brain transplant on your organization's line of business software, if you're fundamentally changing your IT infrastructure, your architecture, using the cloud instead of a server in a closet, Mm -hmm. that's a big change. And so, again, just being very upfront um, between your partner, between your vendor, uh, between your staff and all of your different departments, again, this is the expectation we are expecting some headaches we're expecting some some goofy things to happen that's okay because what we're doing is disruptive because what we're doing is a big change for us
1: yeah bringing in a new technology to replace all technology in harbor is fundamentally going to disrupt yeah. the business yeah. there's i don't want to call it good and bad disruption that feels like the wrong term there's planned interruption disruption yeah. and there's
0: interruption or disrupt that's what that's what i was trying to wrap my mind around last week is disruptions not that disruption gets a bad rap maybe
1: it, the word. disruption can be used in so many different ways and it's yeah. often the marketing buzzword in the tech communities um i find that but either way from a business perspective um, it's an interruption to your, biz- to your business. It's yeah. slowing people down potentially. It's changing behaviors, which again is another way of slowing people down. But it's, it has to be part of that plan. So you have yeah. to give people the training, the space, the support they need to get through that change to see the other side. Which means priming them for that change. You know, you don't know what you don't know. You can only plan for so much, and there's a lot. There's always a lot of variables. here yeah, I can throw the schedule off, throw a plan off. Mm-hmm. But, Prepared for those two in some way, giving yourself the buffer time to figure those out. And you're, you're going to be trusting your vendor on how to handle those problems if something, mm. because they have the experience to deal with it. And which means you also have to be transparent in your business with, um, on your business end, with your partner, with your vendor on how things work internally. So if a thing happens, What is the remediation on your end? And so that way the vendor can plan for that accordingly. So if you, for example, say you want to do the change over a weekend, you're going to have to tell your vendor, it's like, hey, by the way, we have staff that work on call on the weekends. They need access to these systems. They can't be down. Mm -hmm. Or if they need to be down, what time windows can they be down for? Because you don't want that team being down, not able to answer calls for your customers. That's a bad thing. That's something that's preventable, right? Yeah. So those, there's things you can do, but you have to be transparent about how things are working, how things will line up in the schedule and just do your best to plan for it. And again, give yourself the buffer time to plan for the unexpected at the end of the day. Right,
0: right, right on. Set those expectations, be very crisp about them, Um, sort of dovetailing it into users. There is that human element of adoption and technology change as well. And again, we've we've probably all on our team lived through scenarios where, <clears throat> on either end, organizations have either under, uh, overestimated their users' grasp, hunger, desire for change, and love or hate of technology, or they've uh, they very much underestimated it. And so, maybe assumptions are made that, yeah, we can make this change and the users will just get on with it. Um, so, again, something to be cognizant of, something to be, something to keep top of mind is to assess your users' readiness, your users' appetite, your colleagues' understanding of technology. Again, if it's a minor update, changing some software, okay. But if it's a fundamental, again, a fundamental re architecture of, where you put files, what apps you use, which ways you're going to communicate, how you're going to collaborate. Again, stop, pop the brakes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's let's have a conversation, have a conversation internally about who's ready for this, who's comfortable for this. Yeah. Now well, one last thought on this is it does get some folks into um, particularly sticky situations. And again, I think there is out in the world fear on the end user level, if they don't go along, if they don't agree, if they don't toe the line when it comes to technology adoption, there may be reprisal. You may, you may be looked down upon if you're not you know, completely proactive about a change. But again, I think uh, whether you use a third party to do that assessment, whether you use some, someone neutral or a, an anonymous way to collect the feedback, again, people will give maybe a more honest answer if there's not pressure coming from management or, or ownership from that top-down way. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Alex?
1: There's a lot you can do to help set expectations and prepare your users, prepare your staff, your teams, the people you work with every day. And a lot of it is about um, kind of understanding the temperature of the business in a given mm-hmm. state of time. Rolling out a brand new technology while there's a ton of other things happening in the organization based on pre-existing plans and projects is going to hit be hit with a lot of resistance. Likely, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have people are going to have a hard time taking on even more change on top of everything else they're doing in their business. Mm -hmm. Timing is key. You can't time everything perfectly. Sometimes things just have to happen when they happen and you do your best to work around it, but understand that who is going to be impacted and how are they going to be impacted? How is this, when you roll out a big change, that's going to disrupt and slow down your team or change how they do things. What are the rollout implications of that? You have to talk to your managers, directors, supervisors, the floor staff about what they're working on and how this might impact them and and find out what they need in order to get through it. Do they need deadline extensions? Do they need um, additional computers? Do they need to be put on the back burner for a couple of weeks while they finish off a major project? Whatever it is, if you make sure they're heard, make sure they know that they're heard and that you're taking them into consideration. Putting out an anonymous survey saying, how do you feel about this change, is not enough, is not going to cut it. Talk to them on a regular basis. Give them updates about what's happening and make sure that they're aware of the timeline every step of the way. What happens after the project's rolled out, after the new technology's been rolled out? How are you supporting them beyond that? What are the gaps that you need to close and to ensure that those departments and those teams can continue on to get back to the level they're at before. And you have to have those conversations. It's laborious. It's not fun, but ultimately this is what you need to ensure that the people that are doing the work to run your business are supported in order to make it through to the other side, because the added stress and pressure is not going to be conducive to the business. At the end of the day, disruption Mm -hmm can be good it can be bad but ultimately we need it's in how we handle it and how you support your employees through there that's just kind of my soapbox on just getting people prepared on the user side of it as far as their skill sets go um I understand where people are at in terms of what they need and what who needs what if you know you're going to be bringing in office 365 or another tool how many people are, are already uh familiar with those tools how many are completely alien to it You've had clients that are coming over from G Suite or using ancient versions of Office that have never that barely touched SharePoint and are all on prem. And then suddenly they're on the cloud and it's completely brand new. It's so different. Shocking it can be yeah. jarring and shocking for a lot. <laughs> and trying to go back to doing the things in the way they used to doesn't always work. Sometimes it 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 Backfires on them because the old way doesn't quite work the same way when you move into the cloud. So you have to be able to prepare to support people and prepare them uh, to get through that. Which kind of takes us into that champions model you're talking about earlier, right? Yeah, Yeah, having people internal, and this is a Microsoft program. They have a whole champions model on how to do this. Um, We'll have some links in the um, in the show notes for this. But the idea of the champions program is essentially to have people internal, not Mm -hmm. IT staff just people scattered across your organization that can, that understand technology, how to adopt technology, the ones that are the most strongest, the most familiar with the tools to help the people around them get through the adoption phase. Right. So someone else they can go to, to ask a question. I was that person a couple of years ago when, um, an old employer of mine was moving to SharePoint or sorry office 2016. Um, (laughs) <laughs> which is still like half on prem. It was a weird, weird situation. Um, but, you know, I was the one of those people cause I could, you know, I, I wanted to learn the SharePoint sites. I already learned how to use SharePoint 2010. I'm like, all right, let's, let's get this new tech in. Let's like, bring it all, bring it on. And so I went through this training. It was basically like, you know, if something breaks, call it. And it's like, okay, hey, well, What's this going to look like? Can we try it out? Can we use it? No, no, not yet. Probably not till like a week before it rolls out. Okay, it's a little, it's a little tight, but we'll do our best. Oh, by the way, you have to have your SharePoint sites up by then too. Okay, it's a little tight, um, but the champions at the end of the day are still effective because they are the people that you're going to go to, your colleague is going to go to when they have a question. They're not going to want to go to IT or your manager. The first person they're going to ask is the person beside them, right?
0: Right on. I, I, here's another term for champions. They are the great translators because they they maybe are more familiar with business goals and, and sort of operational, sort of they have, maybe they have that tribal knowledge because they've, they've been around the business for a while, or the organization for a while. Uh, and again, they, they maybe have some natural drawing to the technology or, or to change. They're comfortable with change. Again, they don't need to be super technical folks. They just need to kind of get that change and why it's happening and how it's happening. And they need to maybe line that up to individual teams or individual uh, departmental goals and challenges. So they could be that great translator between the the what and the how and the why Bringing that down to the personal level, um, that's an awesome role. I really do believe that's a, I would say that's a very cherished role. Uh, And if you find yourself in that role, again, do your best to take what you're getting from the vendor, the project management team, whomever, again, take those really high level expectations that we've, we've clarified and, and sort of cleared up, bring it down to your teammates. And I don't mean dumb it down. I just mean bring it down to their level and, and appeal to them on their day-to-day. This is how the change is going to impact us. Mm-hmm. This is what we have to look forward to. This is a little bit of the pain that we're going to go through. But, hey, the grass over there on the other side is greener. We just are going to get there.
1: Absolutely. Uh, let's hit this last point on mm-hmm. the list, which is probably, probably the most important one. Yeah. Leadership- Communication. I- Oh, leadership buy-in, yes. <laughs> and
0: communication. Uh,
1: same, same, same Communi- realm, right? Yeah. Communication kind of feeds into everything we've talked about so yeah. far and including leadership buy-in. Um right but leadership buy-in is ultimately probably on this list the thing that can be a big show stopper for any project. Because if you have dissent in the ranks on how to move forward on this one, you're not moving forward. Right. If you have a team of directors and Two out of 10 of them are not in favor of this change. You might be able to sway them in the numbers. And if your executive leader says go, you'll, they'll go. But there still will be resistance, not only from those leaders, but from the people in their teams. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to, again, communication, understanding where people are at in the organization, because you might have, you know, ranks of leadership that's saying, hey, look, You just threw like two other big projects on us. We're still recuperating or figuring our way out that one. And now you're saying you want to do this now? No. And that can be where people have a lot of struggle, where people will find a lot of difficulty in getting buy-in from these groups, from these departments. But you have to start with the leadership and say, okay, what do we need to do to support you through this? Is it the timing? Is it the tech? What is it? Have that conversation and understand where the resistance is ultimately as a business as a professional it's not going to be what it has to be good better than well i just don't like it i like this one better sure that's fine everyone's all with their opinions mm-hmm. but in terms of larger organizational objectives if the if the ceo says we need this tech to move forward on these major projects down the line the business is going to do that but you have to make sure that the people beneath reporting up to the CEO and the people reporting up those directors are also supported along the way. So that way they're not thrown off the rails because of something else. It's a very fine balancing act in order Mm -hmm. to ensure that you have leadership buy-in. And it ultimately comes down to communication, support and adjusting to make sure everyone has what they need to do their jobs. Right on. And that
0: that shows the difference between Uh, Again, setting the expectation about the solution or the tool that is going to deliver the solution. So again, communication, setting those expectations all the way through the leadership ranks. Um, I I would say maybe the most common thing that we run into is we've we've always done it this way. We've always done it this way. And you have a group that is really excited for change and wants to change something and make it better. But the roadblock that they encounter is well, we've always done it this way and it works and it's fine. Just just leave it alone. And again, to me and my mind brings up that word, disruption again. Like, just because it's working fine, does it mean it's optimal? Does it mean that's the best? Does it mean it's preparing you
1: for a future? There's two camps, There's two camps right? Because I'm also of the mind that if it's not broke, don't fix it. But when we're talking about technology at the same time, there's something that's going to be a consequence of a larger change of a larger Mm -hmm. thing that's happening. And you know what, if emailing uploading things up to a server and downloading them to make edits and then using a VPN is working for you. Sure. Great. You've been doing it for a long time and you get it now and you understand you're comfortable with it and you have a nice flow with your staff, but that is going away because you know, time is, the time has come for it to move on. Then it's not impossible for you to understand, to adjust your workflow, to get back to that state of comfort. It'll take some time, but ultimately it should not be a very big change in that behavior, a big change in that system that you have in place. But it's going to be some temporary pain to get there. Right. Um, but that should not be a showstopper.
0: No, no, no. And, and if we could you know, sort of put a bow on this and tie it all together, the the, the, the argument being take the time. Do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, do it once, hopefully, and do it right the first time. Um, You know, many contractors will tell you that, but here we are. Um, Again, just take the time, set the expectations, have the conversations. If they're uncomfortable, there may be a reason why. Dig a little bit deeper. Uh, If you are an end user on the receiving end of this change or being asked to adopt something new, don't be afraid to speak up. Uh, Don't be afraid to ask extra questions. Don't be afraid to volunteer to be a champion as well. Uh, And if it's just outside of your comfort zone, that may be a fantastic opportunity for you as well.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right, we're going to move on to our next segment. And this is actually going to conclude the audio-only portion of the show. If you are listening on any of our your favorite podcasting platforms, make sure you can check out the rest of our show, which is going to be a bit more demo-heavy on YouTube. You can find us at youtube.com TMO. I think I got it right on. on it. Yep. I always think there's like an extra um, number in there. used uh, to be. it used, yeah, used to be. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to this audio-only version of the MoWo Show. If you want to see the full episode, including demo segments such as Watch and Learn or Feature vs Feature, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash team MoWo. We'll have links for you in the episode description. Take care.